Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Say we have an advocate. Thank God for an advocate. Someone that will fight the fight for us. Someone that will side with us. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if, if we keep his commandments. We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. I just want to preach to you a message I've entitled, Paid in Full. Paid in full. God bless you. You may be seated today. I don't know if there's anything sweeter than getting a statement in the mail from a debt that you've been paying on for years that says paid in full. It was just a, a couple of months ago that I received a phone call from none other than uh, our very own Brother Scott Gettle here, who has been my banker for years now, and it was many, many years ago that we approached him and refinanced our home and and uh, uh, set it on like a 10-year note. We paid it down to about 18, and we decided just to change that and uh, go with the 10-year financing, and um, it was a couple months ago that, that he got on the phone with me, and he said, I want to call and let you know. He said, um, you have made your last house payment. Wow. That has never happened to me in my entire life where anybody has ever called me and said, it's over, you're done. You have no more house payments. That was a great phone call. That's a phone call I will never forget, Brother Scott. I, I, that was uh, forever burned in my mind. That was a sweet day. It was a sweet moment. He didn't know it, but um, while he was on the other side of the phone, calm, cool, and collected, I was on this side of the phone doing a happy dance and, you know, getting with it and, and celebrating. And I got off the phone. I said, my wife said, who was that? And I, I told her what the phone call was all about. And and uh, she got pretty happy along with me. It was an exciting day for the Rice family. I looked at her and I said, you know what? I said, we've been married 37 years. And I said, never one time in that 37 years have we ever been able to say that we uh, we have no more mortgage payment. We've always had some type of mortgage payment, moving from house to house the several times that we've moved, that ministry has called us to different places. And, and, and it's just a great feeling. It's a very sweet feeling to know that you got that piece of paper that says paid in full on it. No doubt you have probably been there yourself at some point, maybe not with a home, maybe with a home. There's some here that I'm sure your house is no longer uh, owned by the bank. You can stand here and say that you own that house, and maybe it was a credit card bill that you thought would be there forever, and you finally beat it. I mean, those things are hard to get rid of. They're easy to accumulate, aren't they? 
uh, here just recently, we'd been paid off for years and years, and, and then we did this project down in our basement and re redid our entire basement after living in the home for 17 years, and, and uh, we, we had a little cash on hand, so we spent all that, and then we went out and we had to put a few things on credit cards, and here I am uh, about 14 months later, I'm still trying to, to, to kick that credit card bill down the road and, and trying to get it paid off, but I do know what it feels like to finally make that final payment as long as you don't put anything else on there you don't have to make any more payments but that's difficult to do it's it's hard to do sometimes in the life and society that we live in but still it's a great feeling to to make that last payment and to finally feel like you're debt free and i think that's probably a, a day that most of us dream about especially those of us that uh that are uh, a little bit younger you know we we're in the, the accumulating years of our life and having children and acquiring some debt. And, and I appreciate the fact that it seems like so many of our younger people here have a good head on their shoulders and they, they know how to try to stay out of debt as much as possible and they're wise with their money. But I, I'm sure there's going to come a day where they're going to be able to do their own happy dance when they make that final payment and they're able to walk out and say, we are debt-free. I mean, who hasn't read the Dave Ramsey books that tell us if we work hard enough, if we make the wise decisions, that one day we'll be able to kick back. I think his motto is if you live now like nobody else lives, then later on you'll be able to live like nobody else lives. It's something along those lines, right? I've, I've kind of got. Basically, he's saying sacrifice today and, and you won't maybe live to quite the, 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 the place that. Maybe your neighbors, your friends are living, but but later on that's going to flip and you'll be able to live like none of them are able to live. It's, it's kind of a, a good concept. And so uh, we put that into the back of our minds. We try to do the best that we can. We think about our future and the golden years that are to come and we have the hopes that maybe there will come a day when all that hard work pays off and we can settle in and live out our days in comfort. Just golf every day of the week, grab a fishing pole, take a vacation, uh, you know, run around, do a little something, have some fun, and not have to worry so much about debt. <clears throat> I've heard people say, I don't owe anybody anything. I am debt-free. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. <laughs> the truth is, as long as we're alive, we will never know a time when we don't owe someone something. Well, I don't have a house payment. I'm debt-free. My house is paid off. Well, I guarantee, unless you're sleeping every night with your windows open and you don't have a refrigerator in your house, every single month you get the same bill in the mail that I get from Ameren or uh, some power company out there, someplace that says, hey, listen, if you want your light to continue to shine and you want your refrigerator to continue to work, then you owe us this amount of money this month, and maybe next month we'll leave it running for you. The taxes. The taxes. I got a phone, another phone call from the bank uh, that wasn't, it wasn't Brother Scott. He, did, he didn't make this phone call. It wasn't nearly as exciting, Brother Scott, because the lady on the other end, she said, hey, 
We realize that you no longer have an escrow account now. Well, this is so much easier to pay when you don't actually have to sign the, the check yourself. Somebody else takes care of it. They add that into your bill every single month, and, and then you, they just send you the bill. Hey, this has already been paid, and you don't have to think about it. You're paying it, but, but she called me and said, we don't do that anymore because your house is pay, paid off, and they accidentally sent us your tax bill. I want to say, that's okay. Go ahead and keep it. Finders keepers. Can't you just pay it for me one more time? She said, what's your address? And she sent me, I got the tax bill the other day. So even though my house payment is, is no longer in existence, my tax bill comes knocking at the door and says, hey, you still owe me every single year just to live here in this house, even though it's paid for. Taxes still come due. Electric companies still want paid for you running that air conditioner or that heater. The grocer isn't going to give you free food just because you decided you're retired and you paid off your house and you're living basically debt-free. No, you will always owe for as long as you live. We will never know what it feels like to truly live a debt-free life unless you go live off the grid someplace and you just find yourself up in the hills of Montana. Maybe you can figure out a way like that, but, but somebody has to, has, you have to pay somebody for something. You're always going to be a debtor. So now that I've got most of you ready to go find a bridge that you can jump off of and you're all depressed and everybody's like, man, I felt pretty good after Brother Jones's message today. I Felt like I could go out and conquer the world. Now Brother Rice come in. He reminded us that we're never going to be free of debt. We're going to be paying for the rest of our life. You know, <clears throat> why did I even come to this church? Why did I even come to church this morning? I came to feel better, not worse. Let me move on just a little bit. We live in a in a debt-driven society, and we tell ourselves that it's normal to live with debt as long as we can get what we want today. I want it now. I want it today. I want it right here. But the problem if, with paying for it today on credit is that tomorrow comes. Tomorrow comes. So unless you're planning on going out and racking up $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000 on credit card and then dying tomorrow, the bill is going to come in your mailbox. The collector is going to show up knocking at your door. Revelation 3.17 tells us a little bit about what I feel like our society, our debt-driven society, it's kind of the mentality. It says you say to yourself that you're rich and you have need of nothing, but but the reality is that you are naked and you are poor and you are miserable and you are blind. And everything that you have, everything that you feel like you own is rather an illusion of a debt that you will one day have to pay. We spent a couple of days this past week. My wife and I got away, and we went north of here quite a few hours, and we stayed in this place up in Wisconsin. Uh, for two nights, 
and, and I remember it, it was right on a golf course. <laughs> uh, we, we got to play a little golf, and, and, and we uh, went out and had some nice food that we didn't have to prepare, and, and uh, we got to see some things and, and go to some places and, and just do something. And I remember as we were walking across the parking lot looking around at that beautiful place that we were staying in, I said, man, I feel rich. For two days, I felt rich, and then I had to come back to reality. It may, it was an illusion. That, that's really what vacations are all about, isn't it? I mean, uh, the Grams are gone with the whole family right now. Uh, on, uh, they went on a cruise. They went to Disney World, and, and it makes you feel like, man, this is living. But the reality is, come Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever it is that they come back into town, They've got to go back and punch the, the time clock again. He, he, Brother Graham's got to go out and climb up ladders and paint walls and, and paint houses and do all the things that he has. The, the reality is as though things are an illusion. They make you feel a certain way, but the reality is quite different. We're willing to go into great debt in order to have the illusion that we are rich, but the reality is we are miserable and we are poor, and we are naked, and we are blind, debtors. It's an ugly thing to watch a person who has not prepared for the inevitable. Age creeps up on us. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm not a young man anymore. I don't consider myself an old man. I, I don't when I'm 75 years old, I'm not going to call myself an old man. I don't want my mind to accept the fact that I'm old. I'm always going to try to think as, as young as I possibly can. But we all know that eventually your mind tells you one thing and your body rejects that and says, uh-uh, no way, you're coming. You, you, you can't do that anymore. You can't, you can't play basketball like that anymore. You can't get out there with the 17 and 18-year-olds and, and play football anymore. You can't do those things anymore, but you do what you can. In our mind, we have this illusion, but our body will, will check us many, many times. And there are so many people that, that want to put off the reality of what is actually going to happen down the road, and they live in ways that are just based upon what can I get out of today? Making poor decisions today, oftentimes we do those things because we think there's time to make it up later. Well, I'll just work, I'll just work an extra few years. And what if your body says you can't? I'll just keep plugging away. You know, my whole idea, my whole concept, and a big part of the reason why I continued to work for Federal Express as long as I could, even though the church could have could have supported me. But the big part of why I kept on working for 17 years of my 18 years of pastoring here is because I was, I was looking to the future, trying to prepare for the future because my body began to tell me that you're not always going to be able to work this hard for this long in these conditions. And my brain finally accepted the fact that I need to do it now and take care of things now today so that in the future, when the realities of age come into play, I'm not stuck down there watching you all walk in the local 
retailer down here. Hi, welcome to, where are we at again? I don't want to be that guy. I really don't. This was our reality, debtors. This was who we were before Calvary. We were broken. We were helpless, unable to dig our way out of the debt of sin. We were spiritual debtors from the youngest to the eldest here that's still breathing air, every single one of us. David put it this way. He said, I was born into sin. We walk into this world naked. We're going to leave it naked. We walk into this world with sin, and unless we find somebody to pay the debt for that sin, we will leave this world in a sinful state. As good as we could try to be, it's a pittance to what we needed to pay the bill. As righteous as we could be on our own, the Bible declares that that righteousness as, is as a filthy rag. Not a dirty rag, but a filthy rag. This rag is not clean. I've been wiping my mouth on it. I've been, the oil on my forehead is, is on this rag, but it's not what I would consider filthy. You wouldn't want to take this rag and use it for yourself after it's been in my pocket, wipe my face a few times. No, it's not what we would call filthy. I'm talking about our righteousness being as the old rag that rubs the grease off the underneath of the car, rubs the grease off the hands of the mechanic that's been working day in and day out. Our righteousness, the good as we can be, is as filthy rags. That expense is one that we cannot pay. And it just keeps piling up. The burden of debt that sin created was so great. that Without a Savior, it would seem that we would never know what it feels like to be debt-free. Our sentence was a bleak one because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> sin has a payday coming, a paycheck. We always like payday because we consider it to be a good, that's what keeps us moving. It's what, we get up and we go to work when we're tired. We get up and go to work sometimes when we don't feel good. We get up and go to work when we'd rather be doing anything but getting up and going to work but we do it because there's a payday that is associated with it. But on the flip side of that, when we sin and we give our body, we give into our body's desires, our lust of the flesh, our, uh, the pride of life, all of these things, that also has a payday attached to it. And the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. We were Debtors headed to a debtor's prison until Jesus stepped in and became the propitiation for our sins. Now, if there ever was a $100 word, propitiation is a $100 word. I says, oh, that sounds beautiful. Rolls right off of his lips. Propitiation. What is that? 
When the Bible says that he became the propitiation for our sins, that is basically saying to you and I that he paid a debt that you and I were incapable of paying on our own. He made things right for us when we were unable to make it right for ourselves. So what do we do with sin? Because you you can't, I know we live in the information age right now, but friend, listen to me. You can't go out and find a YouTube channel that will tell you how to get rid of your sin. You can't go out and find a DIY show that helps you do it yourself and figure out the way that you can do away with sin. There is no DIY class for that. The doctor can't write you a prescription. There's not a college course or a self-help book, but you were in debt and you did not have the resources to get out of this debt. All of us. Every single one. And not just those in this room, every single human being on the planet. The contract of the Old State Testament had been declared. We know that the Bible tells us that the Word of God is settled. It's forever settled. So God, He couldn't go back and change what had already been written. He didn't have some eraser. Oops, let me take that out. Let me scratch up, you know, strike a line through that. We're going to, you know, we do that all the time in, in our business meetings and, and big time general conferences and our sectional conferences and our district conferences where we'll, we'll rewrite some things that, that no longer apply or we'll change some things as time goes on or we'll add some things in. But you could not do that. God could not do that. He had already spoken it, and so it was finished. That Old Testament had come, and it had gone, and he wasn't going back and changing it because he is God, and he cannot lie. So you know what an author of a book does when he cannot change what he has already written? He doesn't stop writing, friends. He writes a New Testament. He writes a new testimony. He writes a new agreement out. He just continues the story. He keeps on writing if he can't change what he's already written then don't end it there continue the process he finished the rest of the story. The Old Testament was fulfilled by the New Testament and the debt that could not be paid with the blood of sinners was paid in full by Jesus Christ. And I don't know about anybody else here, but I'm grateful every single day that I live on this side of Calvary when I can go to him and say, God, I've messed up. God, I need your help. God, this sin that I'm carrying and this debt that I owe is too much for me. Can you take it from me? And every Every single time I take it to him, he writes, paid in full. We need never forget what he did for us on Calvary. He just kept on writing. What you could not do, what I could not pay for, he accomplished for us when he gave of himself. And he paid the debt in full. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He's already paid a debt that so many by the hundreds of thousands have not even stepped up and taken advantage of this bill that he's paid in full for them. Amen. If there's one thing that's going to be sad, it's finding out that that debt that you owe, that debt that you could not pay had already been paid for. You just kept on living like you were a debtor. You don't have to live in debt, friend. You can have a way of escape. There is one that paid the price for you. You don't have to carry that sin of your life around with you because Jesus Christ came and he paid the debt in full. You don't know, Brother Rice, you don't, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the mess that I've made out of my life. Let me tell you something. I don't have to know. Jesus Christ already knows. But listen to me. Hear me what I'm saying to you right now. Your story does not have to end here. If you don't like the chapter that your life is in, why don't you just keep on writing? Why don't you just keep writing the story? Why don't you find Jesus and allow him to take your hand and continue helping you to write out your story? Just because your story is in a bad place right now, just because you're in a dark place of entrapment, just because you're in a place of debt, doesn't mean that your story has to end there. There is freedom for you, and you can find your way out of that debtor's prison, and Jesus Christ is your answer if you will just let him help you write. Write the rest of your story. You have an advocate. He's not just somebody that's on your side. He's paid your debt. <laughs> He's paid your debt. You were convicted. You were convicted because you were guilty. We're not the innocent party here. We're not the victims here. We are guilty of our sin. But we have an advocate. We have a spokesperson. We have somebody that stepped up and said, I know they can't afford this, but I'm going to take care of it for them. I'm going to pay this for them. We were down at Sykeston years ago, years ago. The old fellow that used to own that place, he's dead and gone now, but back then he was still alive. and It was a big deal for us to really get out and take much of a trip anywhere, but we did. And usually it was a $5 Caesar's pizza and a 44-ounce soda. Mallory brought this up again the other day, and we sat in the van that was our night out. Figure out a way to have fun, be with the family. We always had a good time. And that's made great memories. But what it has also done is made those special moments like a trip down to Lambert's really stick out in the mind. You know, when you're spoiled, my dad used to say, rich kids got nothing to talk about. They've been handed everything. They haven't had to work. There's, you know, there's stories in our suffering. There's stories in our lessons. There's stories when we, when we scrape that knee and when we bust that head and when we break that arm. There's stories that go along with that that make us who we are. And sometimes the hardships of life are the things that really help us figure out what, what, what's really going on in our life. And, and we lean on those things in the future, but... 
But those that are handed everything, they've really got no story to tell. Oh, what'd you do? A nice car. I bet you had to work some overtime to get that. No, Daddy bought that for me. My first car was $1,500. It was a 1975 Chevy Nova. $1,500. And my dad made me pay back every cent of that car. It was only $1,500. Couldn't he afford to give that to you? My dad was teaching me a lesson. That kid will appreciate that car if he paid for that car. If I hand him that car, and he pays for nothing, he'll probably tear it up. There's a lesson in life. Sometimes the hardships that we find ourselves in, yeah, sometimes they come from the outward sources, but sometimes we created them. And, and even if we didn't create them, sin is just what it is. We are living in this world, and it's not an easy place to live for a Christian, but it's really not easy for the sinner. Because the sinner puts everything on a spiritual charge account someplace and says, you know what, I'll pay for this later. But the problem with that is later comes. It always comes. And that bill gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you look at it and you say, I'll never be able to pay this bill. Well, guess what? When you come down to an altar and you throw your hands up and say, Jesus, I can't handle this. I can't pay this in. He says, that's all right. I've already paid it for you. I've taken care of your bill. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to help you write the rest of your story. We're sitting in Lambert's. Us and three kids. That old fellow walks around. He gets stopped in there talking with us a little bit. I don't know. Maybe we just had a poor look about us. I don't know. One water, five straws, please. We'll take all the crackers and ketchup you can give us. He chatted with us for a few minutes, and he had to be about his business. But before he did, he turned around to the waitress, and he said, hey, he said, I've got this table right here. These kids eat for free. I was like, bring on the fried okra. Yeah, if I'd have known that, I would have ordered the the prime rib instead of the instead of the uh you know the whatever the kind of meat that is. It looks like a hamburger. They try to make it sound fancy, like it's chopped steak. It's just a hamburger. What a great feeling! What an incredible feeling that is when somebody steps up and pays your bill. But that's exactly what he did. Would you stand with me today and when our music comes? I'm going to finish with this, this true story of a man back, uh, he's maybe been dead 75 years ago now. He was a young kid trying to make his way through college. In order to get by, he would go out and sell things door to door, just whatever he could find to sell and wasn't doing very good. <laughs> he was down to his last dime, literally. He had a dime in his pocket, and that was it. He was about ready to have to give up 
going to college. He's about ready to just have to stop everything and go back home. He was so hungry, and he went to the door of this house, and he decided at this house, I'm going to just ask. You know, it was a long time ago when this was more acceptable. He was just going to ask, would they have something that they could offer him to eat? He was just hungry, and when he knocked on the door, he changed his mind because on the other side of that door, there was this beautiful young lady standing there, and he was embarrassed. So he decided not to ask for a meal. He said, I'll just ask her if I can have a drink of water and then I'll move on. Maybe I'll ask later on down the road someone else. She said, sure. But when she came back to the door, she had a big glass of cold milk that she gave him. He said, well, thank you. How can I repay you? She said, my mother always taught me, don't ever take any pay for a kindness that you've done. You didn't ask for the milk. I just brought you the milk. You looked hungry. He said, I am. And he drank the milk as slowly as he could to kind of hang out with her as long as he could. Finished up the glass of milk, and he felt not just strengthened in his physical body, but he just had a renewed appreciation for the kindness of his fellow man. And He was able to carry on. He got through that day, finished up in college. But the story goes, years went by. And that young lady wound up having a very serious disease that was probably going to take her life. And the local doctors, they could not figure it out. They couldn't understand what was going on. So they sent her to the big city. The doctors there saw her, and then they said, we need, we need, to, uh, we need to bring in a specialist. They went to the specialist, and they told him about this patient that nobody could seem to figure out what her problem was since he specialized in that area of doctoring they said maybe you'd like to come take a look at her and he said what's her name and where's she from and they told him and his eyes kind of couldn't be he hurried down the hallway walked in the room and looked in the bed and sure enough it was her that, it was that same young lady and so he devoted himself to her care, and he did everything that he possibly could. And sure enough, with his help, the friendship that was there, and his expertise in that area, and her willingness to battle against it, she beat it. She survived. Supposed to die, she would not give up with his help. And after a long period of time and lots of hospitalization, she finally walked out one day. But the day that she began to walk out, they were putting her bills together, and she was scared to death. She said, this is, <laughs> as long as I've been here and all the special care I've had, I'll never be able to pay this bill back. It's going to be so astronomical. I'll be working till the day I die to pay this bill back. Dr. Howard Kelly he told them, he said, you run that bill past me before you send it in to her. And so they did. They walked that envelope in. And she sat there terrified to open that envelope up, knowing that this could be as devastating almost as the disease she had. But finally, she got the courage. She opened it up and she pulled out the bill. And on the bill, it said, paid in full. 
with one glass of milk, signed Dr. Howard Kelly, the same Howard Kelly that showed up at her door all those years ago, and she showed a kindness to him. It was a bill that she would never be able to pay, but because of one choice that she had made a long time ago, somebody paid that bill for her. The Bible tells us that he was wounded. He was bruised. He suffered chastisement. But if you read that scripture, you will see it's not. He wasn't bruised for his iniquities. He wasn't wounded for his transgressions. You'll see one little word in there spoken over and over and over again. O-U-R. He was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities he suffered not because of what he did not because of he was powerless or he couldn't figure out a way he could have as brother Jones spoke a while ago he could have called on legions of angels and at any moment he could have just stopped everything healed himself come down off that cross but he stayed there because he looked down through the eons of time and I think he saw each of our faces that are standing here today and he knew that there are people that are dead in debt and are debtors to sin that are never going to find their way out unless the spotless lamb follows through with the, with the plan of redemption. They begin to sing this song today. Maybe you've already given your life to God. And maybe you've already repented of your sins. Maybe you've already been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you speak in tongues every single day. Maybe the Lord touches you and you're very aware of the predicament that you could have been, but for the grace of God, you're now in a different place and your story is headed in a different direction. But maybe you're not quite there yet and you need to, to know that there's a God that loves you and that you don't have to live in that debt. You don't have to live in that sin. You've tried and you've tried for years. You've tried to get out of it. You've tried to escape it. But it's just grown bigger and bigger and it's sunk its claws into your life even deeper. And with every day that goes by, you feel a little bit more in debt to it. You feel a little bit more attached to it. You feel like you're never going to be able to escape it. That is a lie from the pits of hell because there was a God that robed himself in flesh. He came and he dwelt amongst us so that you would know what it feels like. You could know what it feels like to walk out of this place sinless and spotless because of a debt that he has already paid for you. Would you come to this altar this morning. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.